Well, hey, good morning. Welcome to the Sunday Recap. This is Ariel Eldridge. I'm the Connections Director here at Stones Crossing Church, and this is where we just talk about the Sunday sermon and recap it, dig into it a little deeper. Um, But I'm here with one of my favorite pastors on my left, another of my favorite pastors on my right. (laughs) I I think that means something special. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorites, and the other is also one of my favorites. favorites. Equally favorite. (laughs) Every pastor here is my favorite. (laughs) But most favorite. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. So Mitch Green, you preached this Sunday. I did. And you did amazing. We um, suffering's a hard topic, mm-hmm. um, but we really got a good perspective of well, why. Yeah, it is a hard topic, mm-hmm. and and I hope I tried to very early on say that like I'm not actually talking about why we suffer, right. which is probably the question that everybody wants to have answered the most. Yeah. And the Bible actually does address that question. So I, I'm not saying there's no answers there. I'm just saying we don't actually always have to answer that question, that we could have perspective and suffering that's eternal and not even answer the question to why are we actually suffering. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of my focus. So I did kind of take, in some sense, the easier path. Um, but we didn't say this, but Luke was actually the reason I talked on suffering. Okay, <laughs> So yeah. I, a couple weeks ago, you know, found out I was going to be preaching. Uh-huh. I asked, um, I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And I don't like picking things myself. We kind of talked about this yeah, on one of the podcasts because yeah. when I pick myself, then I'm like, well, what do people need to hear? Yeah. So Luke's like, talk about suffering. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, uh, I'll do that. Yeah. So that was kind of like what led into it, which yeah. is fun. Yeah. So. Well, we have Luke back, Pastor yep. Luke Calvert, our student pastor. He's mm-hmm. sitting in for Chris, who's still on vacation. And we're glad to have you too, man. I am pumped to be here. If, I was thinking about this. If Derek's thing that he did over the over like the little you know summertime was the sermon or the sermon Kids before the sermon, the yeah, yeah. Sermon. This is the sermon after the sermon, it right? Is. So that's perfect. Yeah. Um, but I'm 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 excited to be here. And once again, like Mitch was saying, suffering is something I, I like to talk about. It's I think it's something that we avoid as as humans. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easy to avoid. Why wouldn't you avoid suffering mm-hmm. if you have a choice? Right. Um, but in the Christian well, why life, why wouldn't you, Luke? Maybe we'll get there. <laughs> well, well uh, Mitch has already gave all the goods away. So, uh, but 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 one thing, Mitch, kind of just heading into the kind of our conversation here today is one thing you started with in your message, which I thought was really cool. Uh, this is just um, throw happiness at Mitch Day. I like this, but w- you started with this um, this idea of like kind of putting the congregation through a test of like this illustration that perspective mm-hmm. can change how you see things. And what you did was you zoomed in. So maybe like I'm looking at my iPad right now, but if you zoomed in just to the very core, very middle mm-hmm. of my iPad, it, you know, have like four or five words on it. You wouldn't be able to tell me this is a screen, especially my iPad. If, unless you pulled away from the perspective, yeah. tell us why you kind of started there. What was that like? What, what, what were you kind of leading into uh, for the message about well, suffering. So, so the first question is, okay, where did I get that idea? Well, <laughs> um, I mean, that's a pretty popular idea. You've yeah. seen a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. People know what that is. The first time I was at, I actually ever saw that was in the low budget Christian film soul surfer. I don't know if you oh, guys remember that yeah. movie. Yeah. So never seen it. soul surfer. It's about the, what's that lady's name? Uh, she's Professional surfer, it, who's, oh, who's yes, her arm, yeah. get, yes, her arm yeah. gets bit off by a shark, right? And, and yeah. she's like, okay, super, she's it. in a super rough spot, and she goes to this like really cool looking beach town youth group, and they do that with like a bug's eye mm-hmm. on the screen. So that was a, that was the first huh. time I ever saw that. Interesting. Long time ago, I think I even watched Soul Surfer 
I was traveling with somebody. I was in the passenger seat watching it on my like laptop. That was like <laughs> that was like the, when I saw it. So that's where I got the idea side of it. Um, honestly, it, it was just the first thing that came to mind, and it was less of a like you know, less of trying to take people, um, through a like exercise mm-hmm. to say like, Oh, like, let's get a better perspective to say like, what are we trying to do this morning? Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time when I'm, when I'm thinking about writing a sermon, my first thought, um, there's one of two ways. You either don't want to tell them where you're going cause you want to kind of like develop it as you go. But sometimes I think it's really helpful to just say upfront, what are we actually trying to accomplish mm-hmm. this morning? Right. And in this case, it was like, I wanted everybody to try to say, let's gain a broader perspective on what we're going through. So, I mean, if I just started talking about suffering, I guess my concern was that like someone would still be zeroed in on their suffering the whole mm-hmm. time. So I wanted to very early on say like, hey, maybe we can back up together and see this from a broader mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you brought us to Second Corinthians four sixteen through 18, which I'm going to mm-hmm. read just really quickly here. Paul's talking and he says, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light and momentary affliction mm-hmm. is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Mm-hmm. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are are eternal, and I love how you used that um, that illustration to help us see that what we are actually keeping our focus on now is eternity, mm-hmm. and not what the small picture of our suffering is. Yeah, I feel like with me, it's more of a behind the scenes into the sermon development that's funny. But it's like, so when Scott gets up at the end of second service, first service he did Romans eight, uh-huh. but second service he quoted um, John sixteen. Okay, and when he gets up there and he starts to read it and he says, you know, in this world you'll have trials, but take heart, I've, I've overcome the world. the world. Yeah, and and we, I literally had one of those moments where I was like, that should have been in the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> like, but then I was talking to him later. I'm like, well, if I put it in the sermon, then you wouldn't Can't have got use to it. say it. You yeah. 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 And he actually said he switched from Romans eight because Trotter quoted Romans eight. So, okay. so he's like, so it was just funny, but it was like, that was one of those where I was like, oh man, that idea of taking heart mm. in the midst of the, like whatever trial you find yourself in, yeah. um, man. And, and pause there. Every time I say in the midst of my wife, JC is like, you guys say that way too much. <laughs> so on Sunday I said in the middle of, and she's like, thank you for <laughs> saying <laughs> something different other than in the midst of, but so that idea of like, while you can still be struggling, but yet you can take heart, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can have a perspective that's not defined by the circumstance that you find yourself right. in. Yeah. Right. Um, we desperately need that. And yeah. I think that's the definition of joy yeah. because we contrast joy from happiness. Happiness is circumstance related. Joy is just that, that hope and that knowing that God is, is, is yours, that mm-hmm. salvation is secure. Um, yeah, there's a oh. phenomenal sermon, um, and I won't. I don't want to give all the details because I don't want to. I don't want to bash other churches. So let's keep yeah, that in mind. But yeah. there's a pastor who we love a lot, who went to another church, and they were doing what they were calling this this certain kind of revival. And so every day they had a new big preacher come, and their whole church was supposed to listen to all these sermons. And he gives this sermon to this church that is very um, seeker, very attractional, very, very, very like in that camp of things. Mm -hmm. And he begins his sermon and he says, I am here for your joy. I am not here for your happiness. Yeah. He's like, because happiness is momentary and I'm not here for that. Mm -hmm. I'm here for your joy. So now let's have a really hard conversation. And ever since then, I mean, I was in college when he delivered this sermon. Ever since then, I was like, wow. Yeah. Like joy 
and happiness, I can run after one and totally miss the other, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and it just totally redefined my perspective on yeah. that. So right. it's totally true. Even Ariel, one of my favorite verses speaking about joy and the reason I, I want to kind of shed some light on, on what you were saying, go a little bit deeper on, on the joy thing is that in suffering, right? If we can f change our perspective, it will help us see what our, what our actual reality as a Christian on this side of heaven is. Mm -hmm. And so it says in first Peter one, eight to nine, though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with the joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Then because of obtaining the outcome of your faith and the salvation of your souls, the whole our whole, the whole Christian life is being filled with this inexpressible joy that can only be explained through what God has done in our lives so that one day we'll get to find the, the goal of our salvation, which is to be with Jesus forever yeah. in eternity, yeah. right? And I think that key word in there was glory, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. We'll be filled with this glory that we, that is not of us, right? Right. And so, and, and, and kind of speaking about, about you know, how do we have joy? Well, let's kind of speak up, roll back the tape a little bit and mm -hmm. talk about, he says this momentary affliction. Yeah. Let's talk about what suffering actually is on this side of well, heaven. I think that's what you just said, Luke, that was really, really interesting. Um, even having me rethink about it, having preached on it, <laughs> you know, yeah. two days ago, but just this idea that we, we are gaining a new perspective on suffering, but we're not just making it up. We're actually exactly. gaining what's the real perspective yep. of suffering is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So we're having to redeem yeah. the, the, real, the Christian reality because sometimes the Americanized Christian so, or Americanized world will take it. So what we're saying is that the way that we actually often view suffering is wrong. Now let's have a clear picture. Right. Instead of just saying like, have a different picture. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I think that's, yeah, yeah, that's you. And I think that's so important for us. I think that it changed that one. First of all, the first Peter one, eight to nine verse really changed my life just due to what, what is an inexpressible joy in the glory of mm -hmm. the father and not the glory of Luke Calvert. And those two realities are completely different. If I yeah. search after the joy of, of me, I'll put myself into uh, positions I think are, you know, advantageous for this life, mm -hmm. but God, but Christ is it, through his suffering and, and what God has done for us through the faithfulness of the father has called us to a different type of fulfillment, a different yeah. type of yeah. joy. And so I think with, without understanding and Mitch, to your point, without understanding suffering, I really can't fully understand the joy. That's mm -hmm. true. You yeah. know, because if I don't understand how to suffer, I can't understand how to have joy in the suffering. Right. James chapter one says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you go through trials of many kinds mm -hmm. for this will be the, you know, the, per, the, the perseverance of your faith. It will prove, yeah. prove genuine. Mm -hmm. And I, when I read that, I pause and I'm like, they actually believed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we have to like recognize, like, this isn't like, yeah. it's not a sales pitch. It's like, it's like, no, like they believed that. And there's actually not a lot of record of people being like, that's not true. I mean, that's just like all Christians accepted mm -hmm that suffering was developing them in Christ-likeness. Yeah. Well, let's go back to where you said there is a wrong way to view suffering and that we are trying to look at the scripture's view mm -hmm. of suffering. Mm -hmm. So tell me, what is the wrong perspective of suffering? To me, the wrong perspective of suffering is that I think even if you take the, the Christian faith away from it, and I'll, only I'll tell you that because we take our human, the human sinful side of us and mm -hmm. we'll impose it into our Christian life, right? That's what we do naturally. Yeah. And so I think the, the wrong way to think about suffering is, is one of two things. One is just to avoid suffering, to act mm -hmm. like it doesn't exist or to try to set up your straw house so that 
suffering doesn't exist. We know often when that one of those pieces of straw is taken down, the whole house will fall. Um, you know, that's the first thing we do is we just act like suffering doesn't exist. Or number two, we will will ourselves over the suffering in which we're in. You know, if we're going through a trial of some kind or we're in pain or we're going through something that's very difficult, we will try to will ourselves by our, you know, up and over the problem that if I can just try hard enough or I can just, you know, and then really truthfully, this, you know, kind of pandemic type of stuff hits and you have to kind of start to rethink how you go through suffering Mm -hmm. because what happens when you can't control it? What happens when you have an illness that you cannot will yourself above? Right. Or, and so I don't know, does that kind of, would you guys agree? I mean, I think, well, I really like how Mitch talked about what philosophers would say about um, your suffering. And they, you, you pointed out that the best that the philosophers of the world could say about suffering is that you either embrace it and say, Mm -hmm. okay, it's just a part of life or you figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. And I think that's where we've seen a lot of um, like counseling, practices that that yeah. muster up these methods for dealing with suffering that, you know, I saw the other day a gal say, I need to go back into counseling because I need a tune-up um, because it never ends. You just have yeah. to keep doing it and trying to deal with the suffering without that eternal Yeah, and, and I would so. say that is that is like the common, the common view of suffering, at least as I found, as mm-hmm. I was looking at a lot of different people um, and prominent voices. I mean, it's weird to say there's prominent voices in philosophy and psychology, but because most people are like, I don't know who they are, but as a millennial, a lot of people listen to these people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and they actually do say a lot of decent things. Often they do a lot of things that are in line with Christianity, but suffering is one of those things where the common language I found was around how to manage, um, how to do the best you can with the suffering that's in front of you. Mm -hmm. That's what they would say. They would say you can't you can't wallow in self pity you can't you can't avoid it anymore because because they're like it's they would a lot of them would say like religion the one thing that religion has understood is that you're going to suffer they're like where they've missed it is they're not trying to figure out how to be better in the midst of it like how to do the best they can while they're suffering and I'm yeah. like whoa like no no that that's actually not what it's about it's yeah. just about understanding that you're suffering is developing you on this side of heaven and also doesn't define you eternally. Uh-huh. Like your suffering will not have the last word. It's not trying to make the yeah. best of it, but mm-hmm. that's that's what that's what a lot of people are hearing is like make the best of what's been placed before you. I want to say one more thing alongside mm-hmm. that though. Okay, so that's like the Bible talks about it in that way mm-hmm. and that's really good. The other thing that I think is really important when we talk about suffering is to understand um, what real suffering is. Um, like we are talking about a first century group of people who are dying for their faith, um, are being persecuted by the government, are being persecuted by those outside of Christianity, um, in a lot of cases being persecuted by those of the Jewish faith. I mean, being persecuted all across the board. Mm -hmm. I mean, by by everyone. That is happening to all, and they're dying in in mass numbers for what they believe. Um, We look at China and what's going on in China right now, um, where you no longer um, can profess to be Christian and receive government benefits. Um, You have to to go against that. That's very recent that's going on. Um, It's not always healthy to look at someone else's suffering and say, I'm not really suffering 
But we have to, as Americans, understand our privilege and understand what real suffering is. I'm not going to like define that for us because that would get me in some sticky water, mm -hmm. but we often consider things to be these monumental sufferings that I would say they're just kind of minor, minor inconveniences. And so we need to understand like, man, we may actually be avoiding real suffering just with the way that we've structured our lives, yeah. um, that we've made ourselves so comfortable. It's kind of like we talked about last week with generosity. Mm -hmm. We're like, we want to be generous, but we also want to be rich. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we want to act like we've we've really accepted hard suffering in our life, but we've built a castle that actually can't really be hit That's right. by the right. really the real things that would draw us to suffering. That's right. Um, the the positioning ourselves in situations with people that need to hear the gospel that would actually um, maybe make our family life slightly more difficult. Mm. Right. You know, so we, right. we draw this line where we we're like, oh, yep, I'm suffering, um, and I would say there's actually like, we need to understand what real suffering is at the same time right. while we're trying to address our perspective in the midst of suffering in our life. And that's why I think I want to go back to what you said first, um, Luke, when you were talking about the two things and you said the first one is that we try to avoid suffering altogether. And I think that that's very true. I think even um, Christ followers, we, we are just praying to get out of whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. trial we're going through. Um, and I thought about this from a parent perspective where, you know, if I'm praying for my kiddos, um, I have three boys and I used to pray, Lord, protect them and keep them safe. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that is a powerful prayer that I do want to continue. However, as I've grown older and seen, um, seen the joy that is perfected in suffering of what I've been through or what others have been through as I've heard their, heard their stories, I don't want them to be perfect to be um, protected from all suffering. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. like you were saying, the dichotomy of knowing what true joy is comes from suffering yeah. um, and and the truth of God's filling that void. Mm. Um, if there's no void there to begin with, right. there's no reason to yeah. need and, and, a savior. And, and we might talk about this more, but so there's, there's, the, there's the, par the comparison of death to life, okay? Yeah. Then there's also this comparison of the kingdom to the world in these two mindsets. And I guess that's what I'm really saying is that, you know, suffering um, in a worldly sense, um, you're dying to yourself. Mm -hmm. You're experiencing real pain, but in Christ, you're experiencing life, that suffering can't have the last word. Well, there's the same parallel that sometimes we avoid suffering by choosing the world over choosing the kingdom. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's like, if you have a kingdom mindset, you're actually likely going to um, experience more suffering in your life than if you're just running after the things of the world and Christianity is just a small part of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, so, so that's kind of what I'm saying is that like, we may be avoiding suffering by the way we've structured our life. But if we were really saying, okay, I'm going to pursue hard relationships with hard, with hard people mm -hmm. that are really struggling with hard conversations. And I'm going to talk to people at work and, and not even all about sharing your faith. It's just a really good example, mm -hmm. but it's like, you're going to say, okay, I'm going to, our family is going to not buy the biggest house we possibly can because we're going to think about how we can use our resources in this way, or we're not going to send our kids to that school because we think this is actually the place where our family is supposed to be. And we're going to spend our time this way. And you start to do all those things with a kingdom mindset. You're likely going to suffer more on this side of heaven than if you just went the other route. Right. And, and I think when thinking about your perspective illustration, oftentimes the Christian life doesn't just zoom out 
it's looking at a different picture. And I, want, I, I think we, need to, we, we really need to like put ourselves as believers in Jesus into the different picture. Mitch, you're explaining it perfectly. If, we have, if, we, if I'm zoomed in on an earthly problem, I can zoom out on an earthly problem and still attack it in an earthly sinful way. Mm-hmm. But if, if, I'm, if I'm completely repurposing my understanding of my life under the kingdom mindset, I'm going to be looking at a different picture. My perspective has completely changed. The way that a you know someone who's a non-believer will attack where my kids should go to school. How how do I want to prosper or how do I want to succeed? What's my next career move? Well, I'm going to as a Christian completely approach that in a different way. And so I think as we approach things differently, I will, let's let's talk about the we talked about how we don't suffering, you can suffer in a bad way or how, right, yeah. how the world would approach suffering. Well, how does the Christian approach suffering? Um, and I think once again, I think it happens in two ways. One, I think that we, uh, uh, we suffer as the believer in Jesus, as sinner and saint on this side of heaven um, because we are sinners and that we will sin. And I think the second one is that we do suffer for our faith, that we'll be, you know, ridiculed or mocked or put ourselves in, you know, not advantageous uh, settings because of the gospel and what our faith has called us to be. Yeah. So the second, the second kind of behind the scenes thought, I mm-hmm. guess, when approaching this sermon, the the other question in my mind is, okay, who am I talking to? So there's one camp of people that um, they are right smack dab in the middle of suffering. And I just want to deliver them the words that Paul's trying to deliver to the church in Corinth and provide hope Mm -hmm. for what they're finding themselves in, Um, that they can understand that this suffering is just a blip on the map in light of eternity um, in Christ. I really, really want that for them. There's another group of people um, where I'm trying to say, we need to have an eternal perspective about suffering, like Luke's saying, because if we don't, will avoid suffering. Mm-hmm. Like if we think that suffering has, you know, the last word, then we're gonna, at all costs, we're just going to try to keep it out of our lives. We're going to try any time that we suffer. It's like, well, we got to, we got to change things up. We got to do things differently. But if we understand that suffering is a blip on the map, um, that it pales in comparison, um, to the weight of our eternal glory, if we understand that, then we're more likely to not just run at suffering for the sake of suffering, but to not avoid suffering in circumstances where we need to stay in it, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we'll be more likely to sit in suffering because we have an eternal perspective that this suffering isn't what's actually wrecking us. It can't wreck us. Um, and so I, I, I think like those are the two kinds of people that I'm trying to like talk to as we give this sermon. And just like Luke said, I think we have to have that mind that that is the Christian side of thinking about it is like, now let's review the way we think about suffering so that we don't just run away from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, imitating Christ is a large part of yeah. our suffering um, because it's really easy to think about how we could imitate Christ in the positive sides uh, or, or the things that will, you know, you know, Jesus loved people. Well, I want to love people. Well, Jesus, you know, went the extra mile for people. So I want to go the extra mile. You know, we start to talk like that, but when Jesus suffered, we're like, man, man, look, that I'm was tough. That. Good for, yeah. 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 And we're like, because of Jesus example, we get to succeed. And that that's true. We get to have everlasting life through the name of Jesus Christ because what he came and did. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want, I want to focus our perspective on first Peter two nineteen through 24 and kind of talk about this side of what, of, of Christ suffering and what Christ did, uh, on this side, uh, on, um, on earth and how that's an example for us. It says, for this is commendable if because of our conscience toward God, one endures grief or suffering wrongly. 
for what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. So it's saying, but when you do good and suffer, when you do good and suffer, it's saying like, that's the, that's the goal. For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. You see, what happened is Christ's suffering is a picture of, and it gives us hope for how we can suffer on, in this life mm-hmm. because he was the perfect example, right? Christ didn't, there was nothing that Christ experiences that we won't experience, right? right? And so, um, you know, in Christ's experience, the temptation side in the desert, and he experienced the painful, you know, uh, side where he was punished for his faith, if you will, because in his commitment to uh, uh, to God the Father uh, on the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but behind the scenes moment number three. So, <laughs> Luke, um, Luke comes to me in between services, and and we have a pretty good code, like as like pastors here, to be like, we're not going to say anything in between the service about your sermon because if you do, it's like, man, that thing, like if say, if you're like, Hey, that was crap, man. Like you got to start over. <laughs> That's all you can think. Well, of, yeah. well, all you can think about is like, well, well, gotta nah, it. yeah, I got to fix it. And I don't have time. It's in five minutes. Yep. But so I was kind of poking at Luke. Cause I do this every time. I'm like, Hey, tell me what you think. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you think. And you know, and, and one of the things that Luke said was like, Hey, this is after first service. He's like, um, talk more about, what does the believing mean? Like, what are, like, I believe in, and then I spoke, you know, the, the quote that Paul gives, mm-hmm. he says, he says to me, you know, okay, talk more about what the actual believing side is. And, and I had good reason actually not for doing that in first service. I was running a little long on my first section. And so if you, anybody who was there, I was like, okay, well, so, it, it was so, funny because so <laughs> I was like point two and point three. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I was funny because to get done with it. the advice that I was, I was just, yeah. just kind of, you know, given my thoughts and the advice I was giving, he had already had in his sermon. It just yeah. was yeah. due but, to, but I think, but so if you are, um, if you're listening to this, you know, we can keep talking about this perspective and suffering and, and what you should have and how you should view things. But like Luke's saying, we also need to have the conversation around, okay, what do we actually believe? Mm. Um, and so I want to ask you guys, if you were to explain, like, what is the foundational belief that gives us the perspective for suffering mm-hmm. that we're talking about? Mm. We're talking about how to have this perspective, but what is the believing side that makes us able to say, okay, I can broaden my view of the suffering I'm going through. Mm-hmm. I think, well, for me, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole Bible picture of a, yeah. um, of a God who is transcendent and omniscient, omnipresent. And I just think all of his characteristics that make him Absolutely. so, um, sufficient for everything that I would need. Um, and so that helps just every time I build on that and just get to know him more. Um, I can trust him. I see that I can trust him over and over in scripture. Um, but Paul said it really well. I mean, I'll just go back to it that as we look to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, the things that are seen are transient. We know that that's not going to last. He says so. And the things that are unseen are eternal. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you guys have, we've joked that I'm Bible lady or whatever, but <laughs> in the last five years, God has truly grown me to trust his word because um, I get to know him better there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so as I've been reading, um, I can see how much he has promised and the promise has been all throughout scripture and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. And this eternal promise for us 
is that one day he will wipe every tear from every eye and that he will make all things new, that he will redeem our suffering. Mm. Um, Not only is this suffering um, important and it matters right now, he's going to redeem it so that what you went through will have a reason Mm. later. Amen. That's so so true. I just think that, I think that um, the Christian life is a suffering life. I think that what that means is that the, when I have an eternal perspective, that that's going to have implications on how I live my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about. But the, God has been faithful in our, what I'll say, as Mitch has kind of said it, our momentary inconveniences turn to my joy in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that what happens in the Christian life and in suffering, the Christian life is a suffering life only because if you follow after Jesus Christ with all that you have, people are going to look at you like you're crazy. People are going to say, you're making the wrong decision. You know, you're going to make countercultural moments, decisions in moments in your life that people have no perspective for because they're not saying they don't have an eternal perspective. And so if you're listening to this today and you're a Christian Right? Don't, you know, we can't just cop up a million different ways to avoid suffering or hard conversation or hard relationship when actually we're called to live a life that was gonna, that's going to have involvement with suffering. Mm-hmm. And John 3.30 says, everybody, everybody knows this verse, but I, 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 this verse has been formidable for me. It's he must become greater and I must become less. Yeah. Yeah. That's the perspective of the Christian life. So Luke, I think, I think that's a really good transition point. So we're talking about the very obvious sufferings, you know, that we endure, the things that come in our life, that are hard, the sickness, the disease, that, that's the picture that we have in our mind. And we've even talked about persecution, which is a lot of what the early Christian was going through, you know, persecution to the point of death. But what it may actually more likely look like in your life is the denial of self. Mm, that's right. Um, that is the suffering that you may endure, that you may be called yeah. to not have this... Mm. Um, self-centered approach Mm -hmm. to your faith and to your life, Mm. that everything is about how you can build up your own kingdom. And once you have that shift in your mind, you know, and and again, that's probably what most Christians in the West are experiencing. You know, it's it's, it's less about, you know, this like, I'm going to die for what Mm -hmm. I believe and being like, you know, there probably are some things that I really, really want in my life or that my kids want. Mm-hmm. That we are, we cannot have mm-hmm. with a kingdom mindset, right. and we have to deny ourselves, yeah. which mm-hmm. is a which is an internal suffering, right. you know that that or it's it's an internal suffering, mm-hmm. not eternal, mm-hmm. and so it's like that is that is a suffering in itself that we have to work through. And so, I mean, I love like a lot of the the new modern spiritual formation stuff, but that's a lot of the discussion is that we see this shift, but what's really happening is that we in ourselves, God is working in each of us to constantly rip off the scales of ourselves and make ourselves look more Mm -hmm. like Christ. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, embrace that. Don't avoid it. Right. You know, embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. One one way way I've been, been thinking about this, and as we were kind of talking about you know, what you should preach on and, and wh- why. One of the most formidable lyrics of the past season for me is in this song called, uh, of, of Christ Be Magnified that says, death is just a doorway into resurrection life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what that means is I die to myself and I rise anew in Christ every day. Mm-hmm. And one day I will die and yeah. I will have a bodily resurrection into heaven with Jesus 
as the imminent light for all of eternity with my brothers and sisters in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And that's better than anything you could ever want on this side of heaven. Which brings me back to your question in between services where you're like, okay, so talk more about the believing. Well, verse 14 says, this is in a response that I believed in that I spoke. This is the next verse. It says, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. will raise us also with Jesus and bring us forth mm-hmm. into his presence. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, as you said, it's it's the death of Jesus that gives us the opportunity, the rising of Jesus that yeah. gives us the opportunity for this eternal perspective. That's the foundation that we're standing upon. It's not mustering up a new perspective. Mm-hmm. It's not creating a new viewpoint. It's not trying to see things differently. It's that, no, we believe in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And out of that belief out of Jesus dying work on the cross, his being risen, we now have this, as you said, this resurrection that we have this, this resurrection for ourselves. You know, Mm -hmm. we have this, we have this belief that we cannot die by what we're going through. Praise God. That we have eternity. That was the thing that I talked to you about in the cafe, another behind the scenes. I got to hear first service. And so I, I was like, Hey, the one thing I don't want you to ever take out is that Everyone needs to know that if our suffering ends in death on this earth, that that's not the last. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. not the last thing. And, and man, it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I don't want, I mean, we mourn, we mourn the loss of those around us because we, we love people and we love relationships. And, and I don't say that lightly, you know, mm-hmm. third service, I'm tearing up a bit at the end because it's like, I'm thinking of people in my life, mm-hmm. you know, who I care about deeply, um, who are going through some awful suffering and, and I want, I want for them to have the eternal perspective. And I need to hear that for myself as I think about my relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like more than anything, I long for the day where they suffer no more. Yeah. That death doesn't have the final word over them, Mm -hmm. that whatever they're going through, you know, does not define them. Um, I want that perspective even more than I want them just to be healed, to have a few more days with me. Amen. You know, like that's, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, we think about you know, um, just different perspectives, um, on this. And like, uh, it, you, Paul says these momentary afflictions. Well, one, one day, like you said, they will come to an end, the momentary, and that's gonna, man, the joy of resting in heaven for eternity will make it all the more better that we didn't take the, the jump change on earth that we, you know, we fought to say, you know what? Christ be magnified in my life, even that if that means I'll be dragged through the mud for something from, for Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Even if I'll stand firm and say, you know what, because of Christ and what he has done for me, I'm willing to take these momentary afflictions and say, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. When we stand firm in Jesus, the, the, the perseverance of our faith will be proved genuine because of what God has done in us. Yeah. We would never make the decision on our own to you know, suffer through different trials and tribulations, we would scapegoat it as million times possible. But for the name of Jesus, because our heart and our perspective has completely been changed, man, we consider it pure joy. That, yeah. And often other people will see you going through your joy in your suffering and say, wow. And that's what I wanted to that's ask you. That's the last you. piece. Yeah, the yeah. last piece. How is God able to use our suffering mm. to glorify himself mm-hmm. and bring the kingdom to earth so that we can mm. share this pure joy with so others. My, my, my first answer is that it is just blatantly obvious to people that you don't have the ability in yourself to have that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk to anybody that's been around anybody that is on their deathbed and they're in Christ and 
they're worshiping God or anything, and they go, how did they do that? I mean, and the question that they're really, what this, they're really making a statement that they don't have the power to do that in themselves. And so when we glorify God in our suffering, we are shouting to the world, <laughs> you know, that God is the one who is in control yeah. and God is the one that we're trusting in. And so I, I just think that is that, that right now could be our greatest witness. While again, I, I, we have to put our sufferings in perspective to what's really going on. We look at everyone around us and everybody is struggling right now mm-hmm. more than they were a year ago. I mean, everyone has had at least a slight dip in, you know, in in the way that they're viewing the world in their life. And it's Mm like you can have a different perspective because you have a eternal perspective Mm -hmm. and you can share that with them. And I guarantee their first question is going to be, how do you think that way? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, it's by the work of Christ. (laughs) It's it's not my it's not me doing the work. It's just me saying that I trust in what God's already done. And I think that. we could talk about what we're, what I'm about to say for the next 80 minutes, but we're, we won't, but that's freedom in Christ. We're, we're explaining freedom in Christ and we, rest. W- and rest in the name of Jesus, man. Yeah. That's where you, you know, when you talk about peace, peace is on in this life, not putting your joys in you, but putting your yeah. joys in Christ and the joys definition will change once you put it into Christ instead of yourself and, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And for the Christian who has the Holy Spirit in them, that's where freedom and peace exist. It might not look like it on this side of heaven, but it is the most liberating thing in all of the world. When you can say, my life, if it comes to an end today, praise God. But if it doesn't, praise God. And if my life comes to the almost the point of death today and I'm suffering through these momentarily painful afflictions, praise God. And if it ends today... Praise yeah. God. And I think I think we're all sitting in, in different spots with that a little bit. You know, whenever we're singing worship songs, I always kind of think of we're doing like a few different things. We're either reminding ourselves of yeah. the truth, you know, so we're singing the words and we're like, Oh yeah, I need to I need to know that. Like I need to remember that. And that may be someone that you're like, I need to I need to remind myself about this eternal perspective because I'm not feeling it in what I'm going through. There's the other person that you, this may be the first time that you've actually ever thought about this. And so you're like, you're almost uttering these words, as Luke said, and you're trying to live this perspective, but you're really teaching yourself it for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's those of us who it's like, we need to just proclaim this truth. Like we need to, we need to, with our mouth, say that like, this is our perspective over suffering. Mm -hmm. We need to do all of those things, but we're all sitting in different seats when we come to the table, kind of shouting these words. And so it's, I I think like that would be kind of, you know, as we get ready to wrap this thing up, that would be my hope for you is like that either you were reminded, you know, of this truth. You're like, man, I needed to hear that today. I needed to be reminded of that. I've always believed that, but, but it reminded me it. Maybe you're like, yes. Let's let's tell the world, you know, let's proclaim this truth. And maybe you're somebody that you've actually, you know, somehow you've been around church for a while, but you've not thought of suffering with this eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. And I hope that like you were given a broader view of the suffering that you're going through. Um, that's my hope. Would you recommend then, um, Mitch, I know that you would, to go ahead and read Second Corinthians? Oh, yeah. Read the whole book. Yeah, because if you move yeah. on. Chapter five talks about our heavenly dwelling mm-hmm. and Absolutely. just the difference about how our body groans for that day. Yeah, so, so. so, so most of the suffering passages are kind of in the first half, but, mm-hmm. but Paul does a really incredible job. He's really working you through his suffering. So he's talking about like his travels and where he's at and when he's writing to them and what's going on with him. But at every turn, there's just this statement 
that is just contradictory to the way that we often view sufferings in our life. Yeah. And he's in the midst of this, like, you know what, when I was in prison, this is what I was thinking. You're like, whoa, like that is just backwards from the way that we often think about it. Yeah. Um, and then you hear his heart for the church in chapter four. And I, I would encourage everybody dig through the whole book. I yeah. mean, and if you're really on the why side, you know, why do I suffer by? Uh, yeah, John Currid. He's actually yes. a professor right? uh, that I'm I'm taking his Pentateuch class. Super fun. But he wrote a book called Why Do I Suffer? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great is, book. I, I've read it. It's it's a really, really good book. It's, yeah. it's honestly a really good book to read with somebody that's like a new Christian or wanting to come to Christ. Um, it's, it's it's an apologetic. Yeah, it yeah. really is. It's an apologetic on on suffering. Yeah. So if you're if you're looking for like more of that side of the conversation, check out that. That's a great resource for that. Awesome. So. Very cool. Well, Mitch, thank you for the Sunday. Thank you for mm-hmm. bringing the word. Thank you for giving us an eternal perspective, yeah. which is what we need. Um, we just want you to know, guys, we love you. If you have questions, you can reach out to us anytime at stonescrossing.com. We have email addresses there. It's each of our first names at stonescrossing.com. Reach out anytime. Ask your questions. Um, let us know how we can be praying for you. Mm-hmm. And um, join us again next week on the Sunday Recap. Oh.